So questions around stream entry, so tapana, and uh, how to cultivate towards that. And can a lay person become a stream intra, or is it only for renunciants? So if you're not entirely familiar with this this term you have, this is one of the considered in be an indication of a major um, release um, on the way to complete liberation. And in this uh, release is through three particular fetters, so which are called uh, Sakaya Ditti. Roughly speaking, personality view, which uh, is in this, uh, one exists within a body, one exists as a person living inside this. And um, Vichikicha, doubt, uncertainty regarding Dhamma. And Silabhata Paramasa, attachment to sila and patta. So this refers to anything we do, um, sila in terms of um, customs. Um, and patta, anything we do in terms of systems, something we do repeatedly, um, sort of the duties, um, our job. Um, can be our job, our duty, our meditation practice, um, sila, our customs, protocols, um, you know, style, uh, style of living. So the sense is that the attachment to these is is broken. So one is considerably freer. Chitta is freer. This is probably this is a more helpful way of referring to it than otherwise it's said sometimes it means if you can keep the five precepts and have unshakable faith in the triple gem that's adequate but um, this is kind of fuzzy because how how unshakable is one's faith if, you, if your faith is still there if the teacher lets you down is your faith still there if the monastery turns out to be a corrupt money laundering <laughs> scandal <laughs> is your faith still there if Buddhists become military militant Buddhists and start attacking Christians and Muslims if you think Buddhism is a waste of time it's all phony and, oh, yeah, so, uh, or you can't meditate Oh, it doesn't work for me. Is your faith in Dhamma still there? When you have a rough time, when you're sick, or in stress, <laughs> do you associate Sangha as being monks and nuns, or do you associate it as the Aryan lineage of those who've had realization? Of course, you know, the Aryan lineage, something you can only, you can't necessarily see with your eyes. You might have a few people who feel, well, he looks like he's really, you know, there. But uh, you know, sometimes you never really know. Um, so the faith in the Sangha is really faith in this uh, 
uh, ongoing transmission and the realized beings confidence in it that there is a way the Buddha could teach and that people could pick it up if you get that sense of confidence then you think well if the Buddha taught it to human beings and the Buddha was the great incomparable teacher well surely could teach me a few thing or two <laughs> this helps now to make it much more uh, practical I would say that very, very simply how attached to you are you to having your own way That seems sums it up in a certain respect. <laughs> and you, so this is where it's difficult, I suppose, for lay people and for monastics, is because we can often arrange our lives so that we have it our way, the way I feel comfortable. I, yeah. So we generally, you know, go to places where we feel more comfortable. Um, uh, we uh, get attached to our, our duties, things we're good at, our job, our career. And we feel quite uplifted with that. Mm. We get attached to our opinions and views. We feel we've really got it clearly in our minds, this is true. And if those get challenged, we start to get confused, irritated, or disoriented. That means there's attachment. And so someone who's keenly seeking the way tries to put themselves in situations where they can't have it the way they normally do it or the way they like it or the way it seems fair or right or <laughs> and just see what happens. <laughs> you get, then you get the swelling up of this raga and this isn't right, I don't like it this way why is it so strange you know, I don't feel good and then, ah it's because when it's a, there's still this raga uh, attachment which leads to attachment to these forms so raga, passion or tanha, craving it's kind of similar but we don't notice the raga the passion because if we are getting our own way and uh, things are going on the way I like it and I'm with the people I like to be with and people agree with my opinions and views and uh, I can do my piece I can get my job, my thing going the way I like it according to my hours of day then I don't feel challenged I feel quite okay and the tanha just sits in a kind of latent form so we don't even notice it because we're following it. Or we don't even notice it because we're following it. But you can notice just that tendency to manipulate things. Find, well, you know, that we have a, say we have a system here. This is the routine, these are the rules, protocols. And often the mind wants to find little ways to bend it a bit. <laughs> uh, and actually, this is pretty, pretty, you've uh, all been very, um, um, well, it seems to me you've been very uh, 
cooperative and willing. Many of you not used to sharing rooms with other people. Mm. That's, that's not your normal custom. People you don't know, and that's very good. Certainly, you know, sometimes it's challenging. Trying to, trying to maintain silence, and I would emphasize that. That again goes against our way. We see people want to chat. No, you're not doing it. And you can feel that, well, why not? Why not? And then, but, um, you know, some places I go, it's, it's, uh, people are used to having a lot of options. Uh, um, say in the West, say particularly America and so forth, people are used to having lots of options, ways of doing things. So you get, well, why do we have to get up at this time? And I feel much better if I start the day at seven. Yeah, true, but the aim is not to feel better. <laughs> the aim is to work with not feeling so good because that's going to happen anyway. <laughs> so, you know, the aim is to start the day like that. But it's better like this. I know it's better like that, but you don't want it better. You know, what? <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And these are option cultures that, um, that people feel it's right. It's my right to have things my way. <coughs> Pay good money for this. <laughs> and so, you know, this kind of thing goes on. It's by no means confined to lay people. <laughs> yeah. Or, Monasteries, people have their own kuti, or they have to spend time in the in chittas. We have often alternate the kuti. So sometimes you have a kuti in the forest, about six weeks or so, and you have to come into the house, have a room in the house. And then if you are, oh, I don't know, house, I can't practice in here, I can't practice in the house. I can't practice in the house. I can only practice complete solitude, can't practice in the house. I want to be in the forest. Other people, it's cold out in the forest in the wintertime. Suddenly people want to practice in the house, not out in the forest. <laughs> I can't practice it's in the cold. It's too cold. Can't practice in the cold. Can't practice in the house, can't practice in the cold. And then come into the meditation hall. There's, you know, twenty or twenty or five are sitting in silence. I can't practice with other people around. <laughs> you know, nobody's bothering you, it's quiet. You know, everybody's sitting there. I can't practice because two people around. What kind of practice are you doing? <laughs> doing a practice called following my own way. <laughs> I know that practice. <laughs> I'm trying to give it up. I don't like. I don't like not getting my own way. But I notice that. Ah, oh, that's the bit you got to. Yeah. Did it kill you? No. I can't practice. Well, practice feeling you can't practice. <laughs> What's happening? Your mind is turbulent. Feel. You know, agitated, uh, feel indignant. Uh, oh, that's quite a lot of raga there, isn't there? What do you do with that? Well, you open your mind to it, look at the sanya, the perceptions, the sankharas, the I am. The I am comes up. I didn't become a monk to do this. When it says in the suttas, it says in the Majjhima Nikaya, it says here, he goes to a forest, lives on his own, in quiet, you know, it says this in the book. 
this isn't right, this isn't right. So, well, why don't you go and live in the book then? practice other people around. Well, what do you think the rest of us are doing? You know? <laughs> yeah. So what Ba Pong is what Ba Pong and Panana Chak, you know, is big lot of group practice. You just get used to it. Get over it, you know, relax. If you don't so intensely focus on getting your own way you relax, your system starts to, okay, settle, it adjusts, and you can live in harmony. So naturally, whenever we get challenged, there is this agitated edge rising, and it's just, that's what we have to meet. And we meet it, and this is how you develop parami. Another term you'll hear often, it's a mainstay of, of Buddhist practice, develop parami. Parami perfections, transcendent qualities, such as virtue, truthfulness, patience, equanimity, kindness, energy, wisdom, and so forth. There's about ten of them, and you can look them up. But they all mean, basically, going against the stream. And you don't develop parami by getting your own way. You develop parami by not getting your own way. (laughs) And that's what carries you over the flood, because once you give up, my way and then it's wow it takes a little bit of adjustment okay chitta is still here practice is still you can be mindful of this your mind begins to adjust and settle as it's the I am that rises up and it's I am gets justified by um, my views my opinions about Dhamma. Um, and it all goes justified by my style. You know? So I'm okay if I get up at about quarter seven, I'm okay. I have a cup of coffee about seven, good, then I can practice. A cup of coffee about seven, I can practice, good. Time, you know, good, good state for meditation. Let's take the coffee away and see what happens. <laughs> and let's push the clock back an hour and see what happens. <laughs> uh, I can practice perfectly. Well, let's put you in a, you know, a group of fifteen people and see if you can practice with that. Let's put you. We're not in control of a situation. And see if you can practice with that. Well, you're not, you know. So you're, you know, you somebody comes to the monasteries. You know, he's a great computer programmer. You know, I want to work. Oh, yeah, I can do the software. I can do the software because I've trained in that. Right. We don't want you to do the software. We want you to be the kitchen manager instead. What? But I can do. Yeah, I can do computer program. That's why we don't want you to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you look after the kitchen instead? Why don't you think about the kitchen? Good, that's that's great. <laughs> that's called good practice. <laughs> yeah. 
as it's uh, we orient towards those those um, experiences uh, where we feel we've got our niche, our territory mapped out. This makes it, I think, this makes it very accessible, ongoing. No point to notice. Um, which we didn't notice the the underlying tendencies because if they they are they're fed not challenged there's no f- fine but but what happens is you tend to have to shift the world to fit you <laughs> you know, arrange other people and situations to fit yourself and the theme of Buddhist practice is to center yourself in your chitta. And then you, you, know, you, you kind of adjust your, keep adjusting your chitta so as it forms a, a harmonious but non attached relationship. Now, you can, as we all do, we get very much uh, self conscious about what we look like. We get embarrassed or self conscious about what we look like. We get embarrassed and self-conscious if we have to be seen in public on our own, up on give a talk or something. People suddenly start shaking, dread of giving, being seen, you know, giving a talk. Self-conscious, this kind of quality. I say, good, good, good. Go and give a talk then. You know, see what happens. The fear of getting it wrong. So, you, know, you don't give a very good talk, and there's 300 people sitting there looking at you drumming their fingers, looking at their watches, doing crossword puzzles. (laughs) Oh, not going down well. Uh, The anecdote that Ajahn Sumedho, Lumpur Sumedho gave when he was a fairly junior monk, and he had to, uh, Lumpur Chah asked him to give a talk in Lao, which he had a, had a minimal handle on. He didn't speak. He could speak a little bit. He could understand most of what was going on. And he said, you give a talk. Get up there. You have to get up on this high seat. And there's all the congregation sitting there looking at you. Give a talk, Tomato. So he starts giving his talk. Um, uh, you know, well, we practice sila, and then we get morality, and then, and then morality, and then that makes us calm, and, and then you get some piece of money, you know, just stumbling through about 15 minutes. All right, that's about it. <laughs> and then, he's, then he wanted to get down and Ajahn Chah said, no, no, more, more. <laughs> so he stumbled on for about another half an hour, for another 40, 15, half an hour, and he's about to get down, no, more, more. <laughs> he really didn't have anything to say. So I stumbled on and tried to put together some anecdotes and then meanwhile he's noticing people were just gradually leaving. <laughs> and then I said, more, more. So he had to go on for an hour. Eventually, the only people left were a few old women sitting there kind of <laughs> chewing, chewing their beetle nut. Imagine <laughs> childhood. Oh, good, good, that's good, you know. Good practice. <laughs> yeah. we're because it's, it's humbling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and it's to get so so attached to being seen in a good light and naturally you know but uh, then what happens when you can't be seen when you make a mistake you make a fool you seem to make a fool of yourself you feel this sense of blushing shame and oh dear you see self you sometimes it doesn't work you know so you get confident not through getting things right you get confident through getting things wrong and not being bothered by it that's how you get confident I mean, surely, you know, if you're doing something, you'd like to get it right, but it, sometimes it just doesn't work. You know? Okay, well, I tried. Yeah. I mean, you know, heart was pure, you know, effort was there, interest was there, didn't work, okay. And that's a sign. Yeah, that's, a, that's a sign. That's an indication you, you've, you've freed up. And it's, it's uh, good to, to check, test those things. Take on a project that you can't, don't really know how to do. Okay, I'll just work with it. For sure, once you start, everybody else will tell you what you're doing wrong, how it should be this way or that way, and this way and that way. And it could be this and could be that. Yeah, okay. Just keep going. People say it's wrong, it should be this way, it should be that way. Okay, keep going. <laughs> yeah. Now all these three fetters are actually linked together because they all really amount to the same thing. That's why that's why I can summarize it in getting my way. That's really the simple colloquial um, term that would, would summarize the essential underlying quality of the of the feeling of the experience of and the feeling of the liberation from it. When I could not get things my way, not look look the best, not come up with a perfect performance, not be in charge, not have people who, you know, necessarily agree with my views on Dhamma, not do the things I want them to do, and you still feel okay. Yeah. Like this. So it's probably work in progress, isn't it? But um this these are then these fetters are things that the beauty of it is they're not just meditation techniques because you can get attached to your meditation technique. I do this system, this is the way to Nibbana, nothing else will work. Well, no, it just means that's what you have confidence in. It doesn't mean everybody. It means you have confidence in that. Good. Keep practicing towards liberation. It doesn't mean this is the one and only way. In fact, you know, you look in the Suttas, you realize the Buddha taught a whole range of practices. And he wasn't that picky around details of, of technique. Most he's looking at the qualities such as raga, passion, doubt, hindrances, you know, and then this sense of uh, attachment to views and opinions. And so he's looking at much more underlying qualities and uh, that, that he felt you need to approach it from a number of ways. And of course, this is where, again, the beauty of the Buddha's teaching is you can work on it outside the retreat. Retreat really helps you to locate and, and recognize 
these areas where you're reactive, uh, attached, um, rigid, uh, you know, we, we, you're, you're really um, stuck because you, you begin to, you can't follow through on your own way. And see, to see it, you feel, oh, there is some raga, some passion here. There's a lot of energy rushing into this and disoriented and tangled up. That's, that's raga. It doesn't mean we like things. It means we're stirred, deeply stirred up, agitated. Hmm? So, and then if you locate this experience, this experience of, of raga, stirred up, agitated, uh, unable to settle. Oh, no, notice that. You know, notice when it comes up at other times. Your political views, you can see how in the world in general people are getting very, very uh, incensed uh, and enraged around political views. Uh, people get fascinated and, and illuminated around which football club is the best. That's a, they call that a sila butter. You know, you're attached to your particular, you know, uh, custom, nation, tribe, club, you know, and so on. That's what you feel identified with. If your team goes down, you feel sad. Uh, if your team gets a penalty award against them, the referee was blind, stupid, or bribed. <laughs> And so on. And you know, it's, oh, there's the raga. What do I do about that? All that is mine, beloved and pleasing, separate will be separated from me. Right. Yeah. But it doesn't. That doesn't mean there's no possibility of nibbana. That doesn't have to be separated from you. Just the attachment, and you can. You can let go of an attachment and it certainly it's unsteady, you feel unsteady at first but then you start to feel brighter. Oh, it's like a, like a tonic. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm freer. So we look at our relationship to um, our status. You're the head of the family, or the younger sister, or you're the uncle, or the brother, or the father. You look at that status, and what's, what does that do to you? What kind of uh, attitudes does it breed? Mm. So in Buddhist narcissism, a lot of this seniors and juniors, and that's very, that's very um, established, and we have different people who have abbots, and you know, have got authority. And with, when you get one of these, you can feel a little bit, you know, not necessarily proud, but, but um, intense because, you know, it's all up to me. I've got to make it all work, you know. I'm the abbot. I'm the abbot. I've got to make sure everybody does things right. The monastery is thriving and it's a good monastery. It looks really impeccable and the monks are behaving properly. So you get, it's not, it, does, it, doesn't, it doesn't seem, it's not selfish but one gets very attached to that, the role and the sense of responsibility. And that's a, that's a sila butter. 
because you end up trying to control everybody. And that's stressful and irritating and you always find things that are not going the way you want them to. You lose some of your, your compassion and flexibility. Again, uh, Ajahn Chah was saying, Lumpur Samedi got very, when he was a junior monk, he got very inspired by Ajahn Chah, great teacher, great being, Wapapong, great monastery. And after a while he felt the standards were slipping. The monks weren't behaving so strictly. They were kind of slipping out and, and not being so diligent in their practice. Some of their behavior wasn't quite so absolutely perfect. And then things were kind of going downhill. People weren't turning up to the morning pujas and so forth. And he's going, complaining to Ajahn Chah, oh, it's all going wrong. You know, it's going wrong. It's, these standards are going, you know, what's going on? You know, it's not behaving. You, know, you should pull it together. He said, and the poor Chah said, Samedo, you suffer a lot. Yeah, but you know, change. <laughs> and it did. Yeah. And of course then people sometimes fought, find fault with Ajahn Chah. This famous incident when this uh, Jack Cornfield is now an American Dharma teacher and he was kind of had his ideas about arahants and enlightened beings and Ajahn Chah wasn't particularly he was a fairly ordinary looking fellow in many respects, kind of short and square built. I mean, he had a powerful energy, certainly. But then he also was kind of, could be kind of used, used to, um, well, he used to smoke cigarettes. I mean, a lot of them did because it was the only way of killing pain, the forest monks. It was a kind of minor anesthetic. They didn't have any medicines. So uh, villagers would roll them some tobacco and they light a cigarette. So they got a bit hooked on that. So he might smoke a cigarette. And, or he might rub his foot. And Jack Corfer said, well, I don't think he's an arahant, you know, because this, that, and the other. <laughs> so he went complaining to Ajahn Chah about this. So I don't think this place isn't so good. It's kind of messy and this, that. They don't really, it's noisy, too much talking going on. And then I don't really, I don't think you're that great either, which is an extraordinary thing for a person to say to someone like Ajahn Chah. Ajahn Chah, it was hilarious, because nobody ever said that. You know, Thai monks were always so polite and deferential, but Jack, Jack wasn't. <laughs> he said, oh, that's great, that's great. He said, yeah, he said, you know, that's, that's really funny. He said, because, <laughs> you know, you're looking, looking for a turtle with a moustache on. <laughs> you say, you know, you're trying to, you always look at the imperfections. Because the only place to look, you're looking for the, where the Arahant is, the only place to look is in your own heart. That's where he lives. Is it in there? Is it in there? Don't get caught up with what other people do and say. Is it in there? Does it matter in the end? You know? So you look at that. Is your teacher an arahant or not? Does it matter? Yeah. Do you look into your own heart? Are you hanging on? Want to have something to believe in? Mm. Yeah. Finding fault with tiny little details? Mm. 
if you look into your own mind on that. Because that's, that's the only one you can really rescue from samsara. So we, this, you identify with this being, you, identify, you form an identity with that being. She's this. Because she's like that, I feel comfortable. Because she's this way, I'm okay. She's always this, that, and the other. She's always loyal, efficient, effective, polite, so forth. Great, I'm comfortable. And what happens if she's not? Do I feel, oh, you let me down, you ruined my day, da 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 da. Look into your own mind. What are you hanging on to? Come to a place like this, Bob, so you could probably find fault with this. It's open, and people come in, it gets a bit noisy, and weekends, people moving around, can't meditate here. And so they, they always find that, what Bob Fong, they find that very funny. You, know, you can't meditate here. So what, what, are you, what are you doing? Uh, are you learning, can you let go or not? Can you <laughs> practice patience or not? Yeah. Um, can you let go of your opinions and views? Mm. Then great, this is a good situation to let go of my opinions and views. Mm. But certainly, you know, that's, that's how we practice, that's how you practice. Certainly being, uh, you know, overseeing large communities, there's always some kind of conflict going on in a large community, in a sangha, there's always people not agreeing with each other, maybe the nuns having a bad time, fighting with each other, monks are quarrelling over this, that and the other. Oh God, people behave themselves, we're here to practice. You know, and then this person is really difficult, stubborn, cantankerous. Chuck him out, throw him away, get rid of the guy. Oh, good, you found something <laughs> to work with. <laughs> uh, found something to work with. And you're always searching for that time when everything will just be really steady and calm and peaceful and and just exactly working like smooth, easy, effective, efficient, no problems, looking for that. And meanwhile, and then what's happening? Oh, oh, this is late, that's broken. He's this, she's that. He doesn't do this, she always says that. She doesn't listen, he doesn't care. I'm fed up with all this. Well, don't get born then. That's what it's like. And so you think the only thing you have to really concern is to look at is that, that wishing that it was another way. That always creates problems for you. And if you do that, you limit your capacity. You think your liberation depends on having things your own way. And uh, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah, we're all get. We're going to get. We'll, we'll be sick, won't we? We'll all be sick. We'll all age. Sense faculties fade. Maybe even the brain starts going. Memory loss, not so coherent anymore. This is life. Would happen to us. We'll die. 
dying process. Maybe pain, sense of indignity, have people look after you, tubes and being cleaned up. Yeah. Can you practice? <laughs> With that. And if, when you can't can make things go your own way and control things, you've got younger people coming and want to do it another way, can you practice with that? When your ways you've set up have been changed, can you practice with that? These are questions. I mean, just ask oneself. Now, this, this, is, this is, if you like, ongoing work. And as we cultivate... Um, keep cultivating and you have to know what's important because you can get confused about uh, uh, your mind gets annoyed, irritated that's not a problem that's not a problem it's it's troublesome, it's not enjoyable but it's not a major problem Uh, so the stream mantra still gets irritated still has sense desire to some degree but there Okay, yeah, yeah. They're not. Oh, okay. I recognise it. Okay, they're not proud. They're not. Mm. It said one of the qualities of a, of a street monk who's a stream entrance is when they make a gr- a gross error of the, in terms of the vinya, then they confess it immediately. Gross errors are pretty gross. You know, like sexual misconduct and uh, lustful speech. They're pretty gross. The stream mantra can still, that can slip out. But they, okay, yeah, lost it there. Right, okay, I'll make it, you know, confess it. Then there's always a way when you confess these things where it's okay, just we can clear that, start again, mop up the mess, start again. So bursts of anger, that can happen. That's not a major problem. It's uncomfortable. It's not very. It's pretty humiliating. But that, all that all that stuff, get, you know, is dealt with later. Dealt with now, of course. But you know, you can feel feel that tendency to get irritated, that tendency to be attracted to the senses. That can still be there doesn't mean you haven't done a lot of practice, but you begin to notice it and feel, I don't, I don't, you know, something's dragging me. Instead of me, uh, you know, being right and everybody else is wrong, you feel, oh dear, I'm getting irritated. Uh -uh." You see, so you take responsibility. Instead of, I've, that's really great, I need that, I've got to have that, I really want that, that's proper, I should have that. You begin to recognize, uh-oh, there's me reaching out. You see, so you don't, don't transfer it to the world around you, you take responsibility for your irritation and the, the, the craving and the lust or the passion around the senses. There it is, good. Because of course, that's really important if you can do that. If you can't do that and do it clearly and honestly, how are you going to get through these things? If you still believe it's everybody else's fault, you're never going to get through it. If you still believe it's your right to have things the way you want them to, you're never going to get through it. 
But if you recognize, okay, yeah, I, personally, I do prefer this, that, and the other. That's the way, but that's okay, I can, I can let go of that. Good, now you're getting it. It doesn't mean we have to not have preferences, but it means we acknowledge them. If you ask me, I do prefer it that way, but it's okay, I can be flexible. Um, so it's, it's not that there are no customs, it's just that you're not too bothered if the, if the, plan, if the schedules and the customs change. You can, go, you can bend and fl- adapt to it. It's not that you don't have certain uh, views about Dhamma and uh, what's right and so forth, but you say, okay, well, that's, you've got that view and that works for you. Okay, good. If it's, getting, if it's clearing out the, that which needs to be cleared, good for you, you know. Again, as um, one of those scenarios at Wat Ba Pong when uh, Ajahn Sumedho brought a whole load of devotees over to Wat Ba Pong from England, and he, so these were all, you know, his disciples, and he brought them over to, from England to visit Wat Ba Pong. And often in Thailand you get the uh, Christian missionaries that go around the monasteries trying to, particularly they search for Westerners to try to bring them back into the, into the, to the true way. Because uh, still, we still have that kind of some recognition of that. And occasionally you get people who, who decide, you know, that Buddhism's wrong, Jesus loves you, and this Pop Pong's so miserable and um, unjust and rough and so on. And yeah, maybe, maybe so some of them convert to Christianity. And there was this occasion, I think, some couple of nuns had decided that they wanted, were Christians, or they believed in Jesus. And they were still at Wat Ba Pong. I didn't mind. Just, just, you know, it's just a view. But um, when the Ajahn Sumedha brought the, the devotees over from England, then these nuns wanted to try and convert the devotees to Christianity. Holly <laughs> was telling them that what was wrong with Wat Ba Pong and Buddhism was it didn't have any compassion in it, it didn't have any kindness in it, you know, it was, it's, it's all sort of rough and intolerant and so on. And so, so then Ajahn Sumedha went to see Lumpur Chan and said, oh, you know, da, 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 this nun's doing that. And they're telling that Jesus is the only way. Ajahn Chan said, well, maybe they're right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know, you know? Maybe, maybe they're right. What works for you? What's, your, what's the best religion? It's the one that you have faith in. <laughs> So when they had a Master Huan, this Chinese Chun master who lived in the States, and they had a big interreligious conference at his monastery, and they had all the various different denominations, and, uh, and then people get up and give their talk about their particular religion and, and their, their faith and their, their way and their understanding. And then towards the end of it, he said, okay, very good, we've heard everybody, everybody, you know, 200 delegates, so forth, we've heard everybody, now we need to decide which is the best religion. 
Because the Baha'i kind of thing, yeah, Baha'i, they feel, well, you know, Buddhism, that's good, some good points. But we're the new. We encompass everything else that's gone before. We've gone beyond it. So we're a little bit better. But then, of course, you get that same view from other religions. So he said, which is the best one? And then he pointed to him and said, well, yours is the best one. Because otherwise you wouldn't be following it, would you? <laughs> Somebody's not really attached to, to their own, to any particular religion. Because religions, of course, are silabata, and an outward form of convention, and uh, then you thought, well, okay, but this is what works for me. It's helped me to see my passions, my doubts, my irritation, my grasping, my craving, and it's helping the jitter to release from that. Good, 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 good. That's what we need to do keep doing that so yeah of course in, th- in this instance it doesn't really matter whether you're a monk or a nun or a lay person in this case but um, it does mean you've got to do some work and I think the you know the, the problem for, for a lay person is that their duties and responsibilities become quite fixed you know like your job or your wife or your mother then you get strong passion around your children, strong fear and agitation around the children, making sure it's right for them. And if you're working, you get strong sense of agitation and concern about your job because you might get sacked. Um, whereas for a monk, you're kind of looking to get sacked. <laughs> you know, if you're the abbey, you think, oh, please, could somebody sack me? You know, okay. <laughs> because you don't really want an identity. Uh, so it's this sense of how much rests upon your identity that you have to understand. And okay, you, you are a mother, you are a job, then you're doing it and you realize that you're never going to be perfect. That's important. Your job, you're never going to be perfect. People always complain. Whatever the system you use, it's never going to be perfect. People always complain. Yeah children, they're always going to be the way they are. You can never make them the way you want them to be. They're always going to be different. And uh, your practice, your blessing will be the same. Okay. You know, the perfect mother is the one who says, as you are, as you are, I love you. (laughs) You know, and you don't have to be something for me. But you do have to look after your own welfare. You follow my advice. I say you really want to look at this, you know, these issues around behaviour. But it's your life. And that's the that's the good parent. And these are the things we are encouraged to cultivate. And then they're they're pragmatic. They go straight to the heart because it does press upon these places where we really feel we want it to be this way we want it to be this way it should be Other, I know that's, that's the power that's the power of raga and attachment and you see that and you just feel how does it feel how does that feel dukkha 
get it? It's not because of somebody else. It's not because of somebody else, it's because of upadana, clinging. And that's where we need to, I could be bigger than this. I could get beyond this. I don't need to be in this. Something snaps. What snaps is the fetters. I don't think these fetters, some people say it happens in a moment, I think they're often you're wearing it down. So it gets less and less and less and less. You you get that gripping less and less. And, And so it's a checkpoint that we can refer to. For this we generally need to build up a certain strength in terms of our you know, I mean you could use samadhi, your your mindfulness, your ability to maintain a, a steady center, a steady axis, a steady foundation. Because you feel the raga, the passion pushes, drags, grabs, pleads, screams, <laughs> demands. He says, no, stay there. Stay. That's why we body is great, just stay there. If you're the doubt out whines and worries and thinks a lot, this and that and this and that and this and that. You see, look at that doubt. See what it's doing. Do you want to follow this thing? It's crazy. Stay where you are. Stay in unknowing. Stay in that open state. And this is where you really develop this important parami principle of determination, aditana. And that's the main quality of the vehicle that carries us across then our faith in Dhamma is resolute. It is resolute because you only, you say, you know, only in this resolute to release, to letting go, is there a possibility of ending dukkha, not in anything else. (laughs) Only in this. No matter how much I'd love to have that, I really feel I should have that. It really seems right that that's that way. But my resolution is in letting go. Hmm. That's, that's, that's the realization point. <laughs> it's that simple. And you keep testing yourself against it. Testing, testing, testing yourself to make it firmer and firmer. This then is an ongoing um, guide for our, our hearts. And uh, check it out for yourself is my advice, check it out for yourself I think you're fine, if you follow it you won't regret it you won't